Welcome to Changing Academic Life. I'm Geraldine Fitzpatrick, and this is a podcast series where academics and others share their stories, provide ideas, and provoke discussions about what we can do individually and collectively to change academic life for the better. It's great to have you here for part two of my conversation with Dr. Ashling O'Kane. Ashling is an Associate Professor of Human-Computer Interaction in Health at the University of Bristol in the UK. In part one of our conversation, she talked about her very diverse background and reflected on issues like the importance of mobility, the challenges of being part of an academic couple with a young family, and the impact on of COVID. In part two here, she goes on to talk about how she came to take on an acting head of department role, even though she was a relatively junior faculty member, and what motivated her to do this, um, which was really about wanting to make a better workplace for herself and others and stepping up to, to be part of making that happen. She also reflects on issues around power and engagement, given that she was relatively junior. And I loved what she terms the a radical participatory decision-making approach, which was what she used as a way to try to engage people in the decision-making and being part of that change. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. I know that I certainly did. So we pick up here in, uh, where we left it off in part one, where I'm asking Ashling about her taking on this role, which is one of the main reasons why I wanted to talk to her for this podcast. Um, one of the reasons why I also wanted to chat with you, Ashling, was that you bravely stepped up to a role as acting head of, do you say, school or department? Everyone calls right, them right, different yeah. things. Um, a, a little while ago, so I'd I'd love to hear that story how that came about uh yeah so um i i yeah i i i got i graduated from i I got my phd in 2016 and i was head of computer science for the university of bristol in 2021 (laughs) um and that doesn't sound right and it wasn't right but uh, a, a, a particular set of circumstances led to that situation. Um, 15, 20 years ago, probably even less computer science at Bristol, a department at Bristol underneath the school, underneath the Faculty of Engineering. Um, there were like 20 people. There are 20 people in computer science. Everyone knew everyone. Everyone knew how to teach everything. Um, they they were they were uh, teaching generalists even despite having specific research areas. Um, however, over the last seven years, and I've been at the uni now five years, there's been massive growth, and I don't think that is unique to Bristol. Everywhere, everywhere is is growing computer science because we have to. This is the way mm. the world is going, and we need to teach those students. Um, of course, with growth comes growing pains. Um, we had huge amounts of recruitment to catch up with numbers that had already been recruited for teaching. Um, and that is, is uh, uh, for a range of reasons that happened. But uh, the, the result of that is that we had current staff who were completely overworked um, with uh, student numbers. 
and in our kind of contracts for uh, the kind of teaching research, what we in Bristol we call pathway run, one, that should be 40% of your time. If you're more on the teaching end, that should be 60% of your time. It certainly wasn't that for our current staff. Um, and then we had huge amounts of recruitment. So huge amounts of people coming in and they were completely overlooked because they were arriving every week. It wasn't a special arrival and people like myself coming and being wide eyed. My first academic position, there was there was no pomp and circumstance. You need to get to work. We need to catch up with student numbers. And they were being overlooked and uh, not welcomed and not for the any kind of malicious reason by current staff. It's just the current staff were overworked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and in previous years, when the department was smaller, people were taking turns as head of department, mm. um, and taking it on. Um, and we had a situation where we had, when I came in, we had a head of department, Seth Bullock, who is, is the poster child of what you want for leadership. Just his emotional intelligence, his empathy, his his view on things, engaging with people was fantastic. Um, but he needed a break. <laughs> I, uh, he can't keep that up forever. He wanted to get back to research. Um, he, uh, when we asked him if he wanted to be head of department, he said his, his family would never let him do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't mm. keep on shaking a person down like that. So in the end, when we we're looking at a department, no one stepped up and we had to get an external person for a year, a professor from aerospace, Chris Allen. Um, we were quite worried at first um, because it was external and there's uh, uh, there's there's some tensions between the Faculty of Engineering and Computer Science because of our growth. Um, but he was fantastic. He was a, a, a role model for how to bring empathy and also kind of authority. He has huge amounts of experience and he saw us through 2020. Um, and he was amazing. Um, but then we were looking again for a new head of department. And in that time, we had over 60 people. Um, professors had left. Um, and that's not usual, I think, in universities. I think professors come and um, I like to say professors come to die there. <laughs> so that, that wasn't our case. There was there was there was turnover in professors, which uh, was was not great. Many people had already contributed um, and were taking a break from that. People were previously burned from huge administration roles and and teaching roles, and um, unsurprisingly, people were keeping their heads down. And that is, again, not anything malicious and not anything to do with personalities. It was to do with the the culture of, of growth to catch up with the workload. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I started over COVID uh, becoming more closer to the Department of Computer Science. I was always com- uh, close to the Bristol Interaction Group. But we we actually had a Slack group that was started by um, Seth um, at the beginning of the the pandemic, and it brought a lot of us closer. And we started talking about structural issues and tiny changes that would make our lives easier and whatnot. Um, and so when we were looking for leadership again, and again no one was putting their heads up, I had a very strong thing that it was. This is too much of a risk for us. We're we're about to change from a department into a school. They're re- restructuring the faculty and having someone external um, 
we needed someone amongst our ranks to to lead. Um, and we were having identity issues anyways as to what computer science is. Um, and we wanted to have impact on what is the future of research teaching there. And so I stepped up. And you might think that, oh, that's what 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 sacrifice, what a volunteer. It was entirely selfish. I wanted a better workplace for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and a Paul, uh, my husband, also wants a better workplace. We we have a two body problem. We can't move. We have two young children in Bristol. They've already developed the 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 kind of farmer pirate accents of Bristol. Um, we've already gone through two parental leave and sleepless nights that massively impacted our research trajectories and our collaborations. We are expensive to move. We're not as shiny as early career researchers. We're stuck here. So why don't we just invest in making this a, a better place to work? Um, and again, if you make it a better place for other people, then it's a much more pleasant workplace for me. So as an entirely selfish act, I stepped up for this interim role and I knew it was only for a year. I signed a contract saying it was only for a year and that gives you a lot of freedom because I didn't need to establish relationships and um, keep my reputation in the faculty and the university. And instead I, I took a year of, um, quite aggressively fighting for the needs of computer science and in 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 the process wrecking my reputation above but having quite a lot of cheerleaders below um yeah and again I shouldn't have been in this position I was an early career researcher and I was still like I think I was still eligible for a lot of early career researcher funding and yet head of computer science at a Russell Group University which is is a big thing in in the UK, but I think because I was early career, I had a different perspective. I saw some of the issues that all of these new people were dealing with, uh, and I had a closer relationship with those who were new and newish. And quite frankly, they were the majority of people because of the turnover. Um, and a huge amount of them arrived in 2019, and a huge amount of them arrived in 2020. And we never met them. <laughs> we we didn't have that personal relationship. But um, luckily for that Slack um, group, we were able to connect and build a, and, and discuss things and connect. And we started to build our identity. Um, and so when I got into the position of acting head of department, I, I moved from Slack. So Slack was a fantastic place for, for discussion. It is also a bit of the Wild West <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't a university system. Um, so what I did was make it a little less fun. I, I created a Microsoft Teams. We use Microsoft University of Bristol. And what I did was make that team um, in the I, I just copied all the channels that had organically started on the Slack system. I just made an MST, MS team system that looked the same, but with the ability to put files there. Um, and it wasn't the same as Slack, but no one uses the Slack anymore. They use the MS Teams. We we talk to each other through the MS Teams and not everyone. You can't get everyone on a new social media thing. You can't get everyone to use a new instant messaging. But I got a lot of people on there and a lot of new people talking on there. Um, and... I added all the academics, so the 60, and I think by the time my, my tenure was 70-something, um, inc- but including our head of school, 
um, which is one step above me, who was a CS academic. So it wasn't the Wild West anymore. It was a university system with some authority on there because I certainly wasn't the authority figure. I missed a trick at the beginning, I must say. I didn't add professional service people onto it, only mm. a few. Um, and uh, I, that was a mistake because they are part of the team at the CS level. But I didn't add higher up uh, um, professional service people and I didn't uh, put in people at the faculty level. I think that allowed some level of comfort when discussing things, but it did also with it being a university system and, and some kind of um, father, <laughs> parent figures out there. I wasn't the Wild West. Um, so that that was that was a big move. And what that allowed for uh, was more regular engagement. So a lot of um, what I saw in leadership at the university and leadership courses that I've seen, and I haven't taken your one and I really want to, but uh, it was a lot of um, you make big decisions, you have a vision, you make big decisions and you take people with you. Um, and I must say, I disagree with that, uh, that at in a university structure. Um, we are academics are, are, are not, I, I don't believe there should be that much of a hierarchy here. Uh, we are all experts in our little small domains, and I think it should be a lot flatter than that. Um, and I was in the position where I was a senior lecturer, um, early career researcher, and I was a line manager for professors. <laughs> so I didn't have that authority, nor did I want to, to be making these decisions and taking people with me. And so with the use of MS Teams, it allowed for discussion, in the moment discussion of things and decisions we had to make. Um, I also, the, the major change I made is that we used to have these departmental meetings every month. And that is great. Uh, for some feedback and some as a communication means. Um, but what that doesn't allow is much back and forth discussion. So what I did was take an hour out of everyone's week on Wednesday afternoon when uh, theoretically we aren't supposed to have teaching because that's the day that all the kids do sports and kids, students do sports and societies. And we did an hour of um, open discussion on topics that led to decisions and then we implemented them. Uh, some of, and we had, we did it over MS Teams with video, with the chat going. I learned a lot from that on how to get people, a wide range of people to engage because not everyone wants to be on video chat and uh, talk, talking as, as obnoxiously as I do. Um, so having these ways to, to engage through the chat, that we use Miro boards for some of the major decisions we had to use. Um, um, which I, I, I thought allowed for a lot of that tension and discussion and arguments to be happening, but allowed it in a not asynchronous way, allowed it for in the moment. Um, and so, the, of course, there's tensions when there's just different decisions, different stakeholders, different priorities. But um, weren't if you do it asynchronously or, or worse, tell tell people what's happening. Um, we didn't see that. So that that was pulling on a little bit of my research, which involves co-design, which involves participatory design and treating treating the, the, that year in computer science at Bristol as a big co-design activity um, and making decisions that way. Um, but I must say what I didn't do is engage with the people above 
or the faculty weren't invited to these co-designs. The university weren't invited to these co-design sessions. And so we were able to fix a few things. Um, I would also say I pulled on my DIY research as well, because a lot of the things were um, uh, 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 in North America, you call it duct taping solutions or gaffer tape if you're in the UK. Um because I only had a year. I wasn't going to make structural change at the university. I was going to make workarounds <laughs> to make things better now. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was a, it was a year, a year of that. I've stepped down now. And uh, I, th I think I've left the department in a better place culturally. People are talking to each other now that we're back in the office. People know each other and, and that sort of thing. And I think we are ready to go back to a more formal uh, way of structuring decision making in uh, monthly meetings, in um, engaging with the university and the faculty and not making DIY solutions to everything. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty proud of the, some of the things that we we're able to do. Um, and. And I uh, certainly, by doing that, have made many mistakes as well. That our poor head of department is is is, is dealing with um, the hangovers of my leadership, and I, I I do not think I could have done it longer, and I don't think it would have that kind of uh, method would have survived any longer. But I think it was a welcome one year of um, anarchy. <laughs> so many things that I want to pick up on. I don't even know Sorry. where to start. Um, so. So just 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 on that very last point was was it appropriate? It sounds like it was appropriate for the time because of the sudden growth, because of people not knowing each other, because of COVID restrictions and not meeting together. Um, is would that capture it? Like, does that capture the key things that made it work for that time that you think is not going to work moving forward? Yes. So there were, because of that growth, because of um, leadership kind of stepping down or stepping out of the university, I, it made for a case where there were a lot of things that needed to be changed and could be changed and 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 preparing to become a school and all of those things that weren't, there was no one leading on them. And no one had time to lead on them. So no one had time to take up extra projects and things like that. So I think it was a special, a special collection of circumstances mm. that allowed for this and allowed for the kind of enthusiasm to put in an hour a week into the department. That's, that is a lot to ask of people to, to engage with and a lot to be engaging with this new tool every day to, uh, that would change your workflow. Um, it's a, a lot to ask, but I think it was a certain collection of circumstances. This is not to say that co-design and participatory design should not be used more more so, but I think this, uh, which like was quite a radical participatory decision making for a year, um, and I don't think it was sustainable because we we weren't engaging with the stakeholders above. We weren't engaging with the the systems above. We were solving things in the moment. Um, mm. So, like the the radical participatory decision making, and and that counted with your thing about feeling like you didn't have the authority. 
And it's interesting, you know, to, so do you equate authority with the, I don't know, the the pointy end of career paths or age or, like, what gives authority? Um, uh, uh, experience, I suppose, and in this case. So academia is uh, at least my experience of academia is very much based on experience, Uh Gray hair. I don't know. Um, it is. It's 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 experience, and we were lacking the gray hair. Um, and I, I don't. I don't think I could have been an authority figure. Um, five years, four years out of my PhD. Um, this was my yeah. I, I and I. I think we benefited from that for a year to having mm-hmm. someone who didn't feel mm-hmm. like an authority figure. Um, and I think people who were brand new lecturers and saw me as not authority uh, figure were very vocal and and guess what they came from great places and they brought those great practices with them and i remember arriving and being new and female and and not feeling like i could talk about things and what that leads to is like backroom chat that just leads to people complaining over coffee to each mm. other in the coffee room instead of stepping mm. up and say this is this should be this way you don't mm. have that comfort and people had that comfort because no one no one respected me so it was great <laughs> so i have this picture of the the fighter going out leading the battle leading the charge on um uh, yeah, I guess, but more, more of more without big weaponry, more just an annoying person kicking ankles <laughs> have, the, have the power. But I, I, I know I annoyed enough people to get some of the things that we really needed in computer mm-hmm. science. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. But um, mm-hmm. no, we, we're also on strike this year. So mm-hmm. UCU um, is the union for is, yeah. uh, the union for academics in um, the UK. And uh, we voted on strike action last year. Um, And in my previous years, I I would support the union, but I wasn't part of the union. I couldn't afford it. (laughs) Didn't make enough money. Had a huge childcare cost in the UK. And so I I literally couldn't afford it. So I wasn't on strike. Whereas when I I took up this position, I felt it was my duty because these are the things, the things that you see, you were complaining about people being on breaking point with their workload was exactly what I was fighting for. Um, and so I was, yeah, on, on strike in the rain with my, 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 um, poster, um, that I did uh, see a computer science at Bristol's at breaking point. And, um, mm. I did it the night before, um, on, with my kids, uh, soluble, wa- uh, like washable water markers. I did mm-hmm. it in red. It rained the next day. So CS says breaking point with a placard around me and it was bleeding. <laughs> how, how fitting. How fitting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I, 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 I was, <laughs> so I, I, I would say that, 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 that year. And I, I don't, I don't want to give the impression that Bristol is a bad place to work or the faculty is a bad place, but I think the structural issues with growth that I'm sure other people are feeling at the moment mm. required required a little bit of a an uprising by the early career researchers for uh, for yeah. a year to put in some good yeah. practices yeah. um and i was i was willing to get thrown under a bus for it and uh, you know the the thing you said about it being i mean selfish it sounds like there could have been other ways of being selfish of keeping your head down as well because there, there's been a cost if you're talking about you feeling like your reputation above is a bit trashed but that thing of 
stepping up and being part of the change because you are also talking about that long-term perspective. This is because of your situation and family and you are choosing to stay there and you want it to be as good as you can and can make it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, and it is it's it's absolute selfishness. It, myself and my partner work here. We we, yeah. we want to make this an, a, a good place because yeah. having a, a a not good place is 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 it's not nice to work in. Uh, you mm. can keep your head down, but you still have mm. to deal with all the the things that arise. You can, if you're in a university, you can't just keep your head down. We have to do teaching. We have to do admin. Um, and yeah, we, we're it is a it's good for everyone. <laughs> it's it's good for everyone, yeah. and then it makes for pleasant, more pleasant conversations yeah. around the coffee machine. We're not yeah. constantly big complaining and yeah bickering at each other yeah we still are because that's what we do we're academics we're big complainers but but it it is it is that thing of that sense of agency and that there are some things you can do even if it's gaffer tape for the time being um it's that that sense also seems like something that you did that was really important because you use the terms talk and discuss and and that all the time is set up a culture where as you said people could express views and you know there's all of that research that talks about diversity meaning difference and difference creates possibilities for tension because we're different and in fact it sounds like you said that they were productive tensions because people brought different experiences from previous roles um universities and collectively you ended up going somewhere but you did have to get to decisions at the end how did you move from these big collective discussions and inputs and tensions and to and fro to actually then uh, converging to some sort of decision. Did you take that in the end or how did that happen? Uh, so in these meetings often is, it would end with, okay, anyone? Any, okay, we're good. We're good. Not everyone's happy. Okay, we're, we're, we're doing it this way. Um, uh, there are some things that we... We used form. We we collected data on as well. Mm-hmm. I'm a big quality researcher, but actually having a few numbers helps sometimes with these things. So we did. We did. We put out forms as well. Um, I'm a big fan of those, especially if they're anonymous. Um, and I, th- I think that's quite nice, actually, because as much as I'd like to think that everyone participated equally, they absolutely didn't. Right. Uh, some people didn't like the messaging thing. Some people didn't feel comfortable sharing their their views. The people who arrived in the midst of this anarchy year um, without the background, who were arriving during COVID, should, uh, were a bit silent as well because they didn't. It, it, this is not what they wanted to arrive to, I'm sure. Mm. Um, so that uh, we we didn't capture we didn't capture anyone. Um, but hopefully, with this move from this year. Uh, towards a more stable, more traditional, but with some some leftover things, so that MS Teams is still going strong. Um, people are are using it. New people are using it as well as um, a, a source of information and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, getting I I, I think it, it helped a, a subset of the people in, in computer science and not all. And um, I, 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 I have to be realistic about what was actually achieved. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it, it's interesting though, the, the move to online and how people feel about that with regards to comfort level speaking up. 
So I certainly became more comfortable um, in uh, uh, online at these meetings prior to stepping up to this. I was get, getting involved more and start, starting to trash my reputation before I took this on. Mm. But um, uh, the the on the online made me feel more comfortable, and I'm, I'm not quite sure why. And it might be that I don't know. I, I've I've talked to a lot of women about this, and that I I find that there's bimodal <laughs> distribution of people being less comfortable or being more comfortable. I was on the more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also talked in before you took up this role that you had started the discussions on Slack and had started to make some tiny changes. And you're also talking about, you know, you're only doing the head acting head for a year and that there were, you know, that your solutions were more immediate and practical what can we do now to fix some things and that you talked about the gaffer tape are there any particular tiny fixes things that you did things that you changed that you could share that could be useful for other people to think about or to try um so I, I call participatory decision making but of course my biases came in right and one of the biases coming in was choice <laughs> Um, having people choose aspects of their job that they're good at and could provide the most value to and maybe reducing the things that they're not as good at and hate. <laughs> Very surprising, but I, I'm a big fan of, of the old choice. <laughs> um, and one of, one of the things that I had massive wins for um, was just we again with the student numbers come student final project supervision. Um, so we have massive amounts of undergraduate projects and we have a master's program that's a conversion computer science project. And in the midst of this uh, pandemic, uh, we increased our numbers by a huge amount. Um, and that comes with project work and supervision and whatnot. And prior to this, uh, People were kind of assigned these types of projects. Uh, you don't have enough. Here's your students. <laughs> um, and we had people who are um, the, the nerdiest algorithms people you could imagine having to supervise computer science conversion students who want to learn about software engineering. Um, no one was the ben ben beneficiary in that relationship. Um, and so what we did was choose your preferences. <laughs> Uh, choose your preference for project supervision and let's see what we got. And people had assumptions, very strong assumptions that the thing that they hated, everyone hated. Isn't and, that interesting? <laughs> and, it, and I was, I, I had that bias too. We sent out mm. a survey, yeah. ra rank your preferences here. If you had 10 students, who would you take? And what it equaled was exactly our student cohort. <laughs> so we didn't have to force people to do things. Now, that won't be the case always. But that that little change of you don't have to supervise these students that you have no expertise or interest in uh, led to led to quite big moves. We also we also did that kind of ranking for what do you want to teach? Um, because in our move towards 70 people in our move towards becoming a school, we have to come up with smaller entities because a line manager can't really line manage 70 people. Um, so we had to come up with these teams. Um, and so we used a mix of 
kind of in-person Miro boards and uh, uh, forms to fill out, surveys to fill out. Um, and again, looking at choice of what, what do you want to teach and trying to now that that was a it, it was a bit uh, there was a bit of tension there. Not everyone was super happy with them, but the people who were really uh, what who identified themselves as not being very happy with. I went and spoke with, so that was kind of the old system coming in, going and having these back channel things with people of authority, um, and we just and some compromises had to be made. But yeah, I, I'm quite proud of what we came out of, which are these groups of people who want to teach together um, and that also happens to be the kind of people who do similar research and they want to talk about things as well um, so those are the kind of two biggies that I'm quite proud of I'm proud of creating an MS Teams which sounds really silly now I say it, like that that was a big thing but it was a big impact on our culture here um, but uh, yeah the, those, those are the kind of things within our within our reach and we were able to to, to mm. make it a, a bit better for people here. Mm. What do you think you learned personally through this year that you're taking forward? I don't think I'm good <laughs> at that kind of level. I, I am very good at... It doesn't uh, sound that way. It sounds no, completely I'm, I'm the not, opposite. Though, it, it wasn't sustainable. That level of rage and stress and things like that, mm. that wasn't healthy for myself. Um and yeah, that 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 was that was ill timed. My my son was starting his first year of school, and it was taking up this position. Mm. Um, that 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 was uh, ill timed. I'm happy I did it, but it it didn't come with no cost. Mm. Um, and I don't think I have the skills to be able to do that kind of. I'm not I'm not a very political person. You'll notice that I haven't sworn. This is only because I'm putting in a lot of effort to swear, not swear. I love swearing. Um, and you know what? That that isn't appropriate when you, when you move up the ranks. And I, I don't. I think I've learned that I, that is not a position. Um, I, I'm not very good at that kind of huge amounts of stakeholder engagement and and making the hard decisions. I'm okay at this kind of DIY. Let's create a community and get something mm -hmm. done mm -hmm. but I, I i definitely wouldn't be moving up the ranks at the university yeah. um into that I, I definitely learned that <laughs> yeah um i guess i also learned that um by being the head i was able to see the other administration roles uh which i was, was terrified of before like those, those are for the big wigs but after taking head of department i feel like i'm like no i could I, I can take some of these administration roles so i've actually taken on a I am now the program director of one of our undergraduate um, um, roles, and I am much more confident going into it and knowing that I don't know things and it's OK. And, and yeah, having that Slack group, being open to asking questions and things like that, I'm more open to taking some of the roles that I might have been uh, mm. a bit terrified of as before. Mm. Knowing that you don't know things, that's a great insight, that yeah. it's OK not to know things. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and well, to reach out. <laughs> and what? And and to be able to reach out um, and uh, ask the stupid questions and uh, not be ashamed of what you don't know, <laughs> um, because I didn't know anything going into uh, the head of department role. And yeah, I learned on the way, and people were very cool about it. And um, I think what we have now is a, a less even less of a hierarchy amongst our ranks. So, mm. um, and uh, to be honest, uh, I, I hope I had some small part, but I also found that some of these big roles were people who would 
had a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of knowledge in this area wouldn't put themselves forward for these big roles. And I think I had a small part in influencing people to step up. So now we have more junior people in these big roles and they're doing fabulous jobs. And just because they don't have the title of professor, which would have deterred them before, because, yeah, I really shouldn't have been in this head of department role. I think I influenced them to go for these roles. And we have fabulous new ideas and new enthusiasm into these massive, massive roles. And they're bringing their vision and to it, which I'm, I'm very proud of as a, a lasting, hopefully a lasting impact of my chaos year. It's, you know, it sounds like a highly impactful year for community building, culture changing, helping people find more joy in their job if they're they're now supervising projects they care about, teaching with people they like to collaborate with. I'm... I hope so. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of people that I don't know as well. Seventy mm. people are a lot to get on board. Mm. So I mm. yeah. Um, and I, I, uh, the poor head of department who stepped up after us will have to deal with those hangovers. <laughs> mm. uh, and on that foundation, that it seems like the the teams and that and the earlier Slack groups helped establish of bringing your whole self or being it being okay to talk, to have an opinion, to be going through things and to share it, um, lowering the risk in doing that interpersonal um exposure i guess yeah absolutely yeah. so getting people to talk to each other yeah, yeah. <laughs> very important yeah. for that very big needs well it sounds like you've uh, had an eventful few years and actually been able to achieve amazing things i i hope so i don't know how many are, are la- long lasting <laughs> mm. because duct tape doesn't yeah. last forever um no. so uh but in in the moment, I think I've achieved enough that I'm quite proud. There's a lot yeah. of stuff that I made mistakes on. There's a lot of stuff I didn't get to. And um, mm. but people are very forgiving. <laughs> Being what, not what, an authority figure, people are very forgiving here. What were the? I mean, I was heading to wrapping up. But what were some of the key mistakes? Do you think that you um, could share? Hmm. So you did say about not bringing in the enough professional services as one yeah so that that i i I missed a trick there by not getting professional service staff and that is part of the success of the university is a nice well-oiled machine but Mm. uh, structurally that's quite hard at bristol because there's huge turnaround in professional services so we've attempted to do that a bit um but that was not within my gift for the year um uh, i think i didn't do a very good job of people arriving during the chaos year they arrived to chaos <laughs> and they, they tried, tried to figure out what was going on. Um, so I, I, I would say that, yeah, making that big, that big movement. Okay. We're going to do this big disruptive change in the way we work for a year. People arriving in it. Um, I don't think felt comfortable to engage in the same way. Um, they didn't have the experience. They didn't know what the complaints were and they probably had quite a few complaints about how I was running it. Um, uh, so I would say that, yeah, welcoming people in, um, there was definitely a mistake as I hyper focused on the people who had already arrived mm. and, were and not focusing on the brand new people. Um, but some of the changes I hope in the long term will correct that mistake and having these 
better inductions for people coming in and having staff a little less overworked and angry at the world that they might be better, better colleagues for people arriving as well. Um, yeah, a, a lot of little ones, <laughs> a lot of little ones. Um, but yeah, but people have been so forgiving. <laughs> Yeah. Um, less so above, but <laughs> people have been so forgiving in computer mm-hmm. science. It's, and yeah, it's I'm, I'm it's I I I myself am I'm happier here now. Uh, it's a more collegiate place and a nicer place to work. Mm, great, and I I love that you've you know, from what you said as well. You've given people permission that they can also step up that you don't need to be the the gray-haired older one <laughs> to do anything and in fact everyone's perspective experience has you know, you've got something to contribute and being part of the change we want to see Absolutely. so thank you for being part of the change that you wanted to see yeah and I have a few more gray hairs after this last year let me tell I'm, you <laughs> I'm sure um so Thank you for your time, Ashling. Really appreciate it. Uh, absolutely lovely talking to you, Jared. Thank you. Thank you. Well, so much to love there, isn't there? I think I particularly want to pick up on something that I reflected back to Ashling towards the end, which is I think she's just been a great role model in saying that any of us can step up and be part of the change that we want to see happen and that everyone's voice and perspective matters, and we've all got something to contribute. So I hope that's encouraging for people. I loved the radical participatory decision-making approach as well, and I thought it was particularly clever in drawing across her own research experiences and, and disciplinary practices and methods that she might apply there, and reinterpreting them for this role. And I think that might be a key part in how we engage people in being part of the change. And towards that, I also really liked the way that they redefined the teaching obligations and commitments by asking people to reflect on what they wanted to teach because that's where people will be engaged and enthusiastic and you would hope that that would reflect in student learning as well. And that very much connects to some of the related work chats that we've had here around strengths and around job crafting. So I'll certainly put links to those two previous related work podcasts on the webpage here in case you're interested. So I hope that Ashling has challenged you as in the way that she's challenged me to think about being part of that change and stepping up where we can. You can find the summary notes, a transcript and related links for this podcast on www.changingacademiclife.com. You can also subscribe to Changing Academic Life on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify and Google Podcasts. And you can follow Change Acad Life on Twitter. And I'm really hoping that we can widen the conversation about how we can do academia differently. And you can contribute to this by rating the podcast and also giving feedback. And if something connected with you, please consider sharing this podcast with your colleagues. Together, we can make change happen.